This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? My brother gave his life hunting the enemy. His task is now mine. Ours was no chance meeting, nor destiny. Ours was the work of something greater. Choose not the path of fear, but that of faith. Without it, what am I to be? BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. Uh, so this is something that we reviewed when it first came out. We touched on the first two episodes and it is The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, Season 1. So it just concluded uh, this week and or rather it concluded on Friday last week. And so we thought, time is right. Let's talk about it. So, um... Guys, let's take our time because that's what the show does. Ayo, I'm so sorry. It's so soon. It's so soon. Ah, I just... Straight out the gate. <laughs> All right, go for it. I don't know. Um, You know, this one's been tough, right? Because when we did the first two episodes, you guys were really into the show. I was kind of not. Um, I mean, I, I was excited and cautiously optimistic. By the end, I feel like I really loved the finale. I loved the season finale. But the journey getting there felt like I was walking all over Middle Earth by myself with no food and water. <laughs> um, that is so interesting, though, because for me, the finale is the weakest link. Um, hmm. I felt like the last episode was the weakest of the eight episodes. Um, but overall, I mean, Yala, my, my feelings about this show has not changed, have not changed. Um, I still love it a lot. Um, I've actually gone back to watch some of the episodes, rewatch some oh of the, the best episodes. I love it. I love I love this show so much. Um, I listen to the score every now and then. Like Bear McCreary is is awesome and one of my favorite composers. Um, I will say though, to be fair, I did not care about this show until I started watching it. Like no matter how much they hyped it going into the show, it's only when I watched the pilot and the second episode when I was like, Ooh, okay. Like this is this is a show. This is something that I can follow because I was completely um, expecting them to miss the mark. And according to a lot of people, they did miss the mark. But for me, I'm like, it's a it's a solid season. Like you know, a lot of the ring stuff. I liked it. <laughs> okay, how do I put it? I liked half of the season quite a lot. And then after that, there was a very steep drop off because when we first discussed um, it, how many weeks ago now? Like a couple of months ago? Six weeks ago. Um, yeah, yeah. One of the things that, mm. you know, you brought up, Sharmila, was that I'm waiting to see when, you know, when things start to come together. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to see when it comes together because at the moment it feels very TV, very episodic. No matter how beautiful it looks, that's how it feels. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's let the Harfoots just march around. I'm fine. And <laughs> by episode five, when I realized, oh, you guys have no interest <laughs> in actually creating like, like some sort of coalescing. You're happy to let everybody just march around on a map and, and do their own thing. Like they're all non-playable characters. Like, I, I don't know. I just started to struggle with that a little bit because um, I think that there are some... I feel like the character arcs don't deepen enough to warrant such a long treatment. I think that's my primary thing, that Galad Galadriel at the end of the season and the start of the season isn't a different enough elf for me to have like 
endured her company for eight hours. This is exactly it. Almost every character, every character, in fact, who they are when you first meet them in the show is exactly who they are at the end. Meaning if you had a suspicion about how they were going to turn out, who they might be, what they might do, the exact emotion that they are going to have at a particular point, you will never be surprised. And that's a problem, right, with the show because you're sitting through like more than eight hours, nearly 10 hours or something. Um to not be surprised by much at all. And maybe that's why I like the finale because there were some real surprises for me. Um, and of course, the finale was when everything kind of comes together and you finally understand what all this marching about has been. <laughs> um, I think I realized that my interest in the show was waning when, you know, you do that thing where when certain things come along, you're like, ah, yes, great. It's Elrond and Durin. This is my favorite. And then the other points, you like grab your phone or you're like checking the time. So the show does, um, you said, you know, like you're figuring out who people are, right? The show does such a bad job at hiding <laughs> people's identities. Um, like like a guy, show, uh, without spoiling it, a stranger shows up. Stranger looks very much like someone we know. Um, like a lot like, like someone we know. A lot like someone we Hairstyle know. Hairstyle, has... summer. <laughs> like everything's everything, the same. Even everything. But then they're like, oh, who is it? You know, I bet you don't know. Um, but all that being said, right, I think it's just for me, it was nice being back in uh, that world, uh, that setting in Middle Earth with this mythology. I don't expect this to connect with the movies whatsoever. I don't even I don't even consider this um, a prequel to the movies or The Hobbit. It's a standalone thing, completely isolated. Uh, might even be fan fiction for all you know because they've changed a bunch of things. Um, in that sense, I'm like the production value looks nice and they, they've done a lot for the show and the acting is somewhat good here and there. Um, it's fine. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know this if it's going to pay off. This is Star Wars all over again. Yeah. He's doing a Star Wars. It's 100% Star Wars um, because they're saying names and, and, and going to places that I recognize and I'm like, Okay, I'll I'll come along. You know, I've I've got nothing better like, to do on Nina a Friday Stereoth night. <laughs> and you're like, yes, I know that they do exactly that. Uh, okay, so I love being back in Middle Earth as well. Um, I I think um that my biggest problem as I've alluded to several times, is the duration. They take a very long time to get to places and then they take a long time in the scenes within those places. So it's a, it's a general languid sense throughout and it's a difficult one to sustain when at the same time you're talking about war and battles and you know that that's ultimately what you're headed towards. And so um, it's like the story has urgency that the show doesn't match. And I think that kind of mismatch is tough for me as a viewer because I'm like, aren't we aren't we doing this? Isn't it very desperate for you to manage to get people from point A to point B in order to, to save people? And yet it's been two episodes and nothing has happened. And and, and that stuff, I think, started to weigh on me. Um, plus, plus, there's no humour. I, I think that yes. there's no lightness of touch mm. to the show, Even which bothered me. Even the Harfoots me. are not particularly... They're not the Hobbits, lah. No, they're, yeah. no, they're quite dark, actually. Yeah. Some of what they do is a little bit dark. Mm, yeah. um, so the, the lack of humour and the sort of zealotry of our central character meant that I was just like, what is this? I am not having fun in your company. Actually, the most fun I had in the show, and, and again, Durin, Disa and Elrond are like MVPs in the show for Dinner me. Dinner party from Middle Earth that you'd want to be a part exactly. of, Exactly. Right? Yeah. These are the people I want to hang out with because they seem fun. Even Elrond, who you wouldn't think as being the fun one, <laughs> ends up being the fun one in this show because everyone else is so dour, right? Because Gil-Galad exists and I, that guy yeah. 
is the unfun. No, look, I love, actually I love being in the world of the show because it looks beautiful. Like there are scenes in the show that you cannot believe you're watching on TV. The first sight of Numenor is amazing. Casa Doom looks amazing. But after you get over how good this looks, so Numenor was beautiful, right? I spent, I think, three episodes in Numenor. I actually know nothing more about it than when I went there. Everyone seems the same. It's all kind of antiseptic. Um, everyone talks in like these declarative sentences that don't give you any idea of who they actually are. If nothing else, even the worst of the Hobbit films felt like you were in the company of real people. I've been seeing this a lot, that Mm. this has officially reclaimed the Hobbit movies, that people are now like, the Hobbit films, not bad. I never disliked them, to be fair. Um, But... I think you want to be around people who feel like people. Galadriel doesn't feel like a real person. She feels like a trope. I love that the Hobbit movies are now the prequel saga. <laughs> um, so I think I think this is why I, I felt like the finale was uh, the weakest link uh, because I was okay with that pacing. I was okay with the dragged out scenes. Um, I was okay. I honestly was okay with them not going anywhere. I just enjoyed That's being very clear. <laughs> it's becoming very clear from you. It's like, you know, stay in, in Numenor for the whole episode. I don't care. Like so and then the finale does this thing where um every mystery that it set up along the way, it very quickly wants to re- uh, resolve. So there's a bunch of revelations, there's a bunch of character arcs that speed up. Um and suddenly the 55 minutes that seemed very long for the previous episodes became very, very short. Um and you don't know where people have disappeared to, you don't know where some characters have vanished, some some Characters don't even show up for the finale. Um, and you're like, why? So I feel yes. like... Like, what is that? Yeah. Suddenly you're like, wait, you made me spend three episodes with that boring guy and now he's nowhere to be seen? Not important, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Not important. So yeah, finale, worst of the bunch. Uh, Udun, episode six, I think best of the bunch. Such a good episode, that one. Udun what, what might have... happened? <laughs> might have uh, been the, when the, the When the ox come to the village right oh right right yes without going into details when the orcs come to the village yeah fair enough we're talking today about the lord (laughs) of the rings the rings of power the first season of which apparently they're guys they're gonna be seven or something like five to seven seasons makes sense given how the first first, first season ended i can see where they're going with it anyway first season of the rings of power we want to hear from you did you enjoy it um i guess which side of the spectrum did you land on here? Uh, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Break from mediocrity. BFM FM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we are reviewing The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, the first season of which just concluded. I love that theme. Before we talk about the rest of it, I love mm-hmm. the theme. I think it's great. I love the theme. And as Arvin said earlier, the music for the show is just amazing. Um, there are scenes which um 100% saved because I thought, oh, this just sounds beautiful. But yeah. <laughs> 
one other thing uh, when I when I when I listen to that theme, right? Um, I immediately, for some reason, I immediately think of the treatment of Sauron in this show, or Sauron, or however they say it. Just roll the R's. <laughs> you're, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, um, because the movies always portrayed him um, fantastically, but the movies always portrayed him as this hulking mass with the armor and the metal and the steel. But that was always more Morgoth in the books, right? Sauron is like cunning and, and cruel and a very slender sorcerer type. Um, and the bits and pieces and the glimpses we see of him on the show um, and the way we uh, hear about him and the kind of legend that he has created, the way people are afraid of him. Um, I love that treatment. I love that he is this sort of like shadow that looms over the place, like literally and and like, you know, metaphorically, quote unquote. So he is scary. I, I, and, and Sauron has to be scary. And I love that the show made him very, very, very frightening, um, which is what I hope they carry on with like, in season two, three, four, five, six and seven. So... <laughs> Wow, and, that and, listing made me feel slightly anxious already. Uh, no, I was just going to say, enjoy watching them, Marvin, <laughs> as we as we don't review them. No, no, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it could come around. I think I needed a bit more breathing room with the show um, in that maybe even a weekly drop is too fast. Like I needed a bit more time in between episodes to dwell and, and uh, as the show does and like think about <laughs> things and just take my time with it. Um, I think that what I like about it and I think it does it to varying levels of success. Um, I know that this is what a lot of fans have disliked. Um, I'm enjoying how it's complicating certain characters. So the the show is quite determined, especially because it has such a long lifespan, right? And it's so far back from where we, we meet a lot of these types of people in the future or where the story picks up again. So because it has so much time, um, it is showing that the people that you know from the history books were complicated and had their own reasons um, that orcs have hearts too, you know, like that kind of thing. It seems quite quite invested in kind of complicating matters. I think it does so pretty well with the bad guys. I'm not sure it's doing that well with the good guys. And, and that's a bit of a problem for me. For me specifically, Galadriel is the problem. La. Who? <laughs> Sorry, Galadriel. Yes. Galadriel is the problem. Friend of me. Elrond. <laughs> It's um, it's that thing where they try too hard to make a character perfect, right? Like or cool and, in, in yeah, some way. Yeah, and, and so everything she does is always correct. Um, her actions are always driven by righteous rage. When actually, from the outside, I would have preferred if she was just more flawed, um, and more human overall. Weird enough, it's it's so weird that. Kate Blanchett's Ice Queen Galadriel in the end ends up feeling a lot more relatable than Morfid Clark's. And Morfid Clark's actually a really good actress. You don't um you don't expect her to morph into Kate Blanchett at any point um after watching this entire season. Like there's no connection. Well, there. we have seven thousand um, years. Yeah, she is a teen teenager, <laughs> really, at this point. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah, there is yeah. that. Cannot wait. Um <laughs> So I, I know we were joking about uh, Star Wars earlier, but I think this show has the same problem that the new Star Wars movies have um, in the sense that everything needs to tie back to the Skywalkers or the Skywalker saga. Um, as much as I like being back in Middle Earth, I don't need that many Easter eggs or that many wink, wink, nod, nod, like we know you know who this is sort of scenes because it's it's thousands of years before the movies that we know, right? So they don't have to keep pinpointing those things. They don't have to keep revealing uh, familiar faces or familiar cities, names and, and uh, any of that stuff. Um, and I feel like that's a problem. And when we reviewed the first two episodes, I said that this show 
depends on you knowing Lord of the Rings to appreciate the show. Um, and after watching the finale, I'm like, I, I 100% um, believe that this show cannot be watched on its own. Like if you haven't seen the Hobbit movies and especially the Lord of the Rings movies, um, then I, I don't think the show works. Honestly, it, it's, it can't stand on its own two feet because it's not going anywhere. Um, unless you know the end point, unless you know where Sauron and the others are going, um, where is this season going exactly? Like there's, there's no clue. The Easter eggs have become plot points. And I think that mm. that is the main problem. Because if you, problem, just, yeah. if you just had them there for people to go like, oh, okay, I get it. That's where it's going. But it's not integral to the plot. It's fine. But what's happening now is they're, they're introducing Easter eggs that they don't then explain because there's no pleasure in explaining an Easter egg, right? The point is that fans are supposed to look at it and go, ah, I get it. I see what you're doing. Um, but because they don't explain it, so... That feeling of this is going nowhere is even more keen, I think, if you have no investment in Lord of the Rings at all. Because then you're just watching like a big guy and a little girl wander around, push a wagon. Then you're watching some like magic elf <laughs> dancing on a horse. And then you're watching like like a buddy comedy with like a dwarf and an elf. And what is this? You know, so <laughs> if you don't know <laughs> where it's going, it's really tough. And I do think that that is a problem um, because fans hate it. And so <laughs> if you've made it for the fans, and the fans hate it and then you've not made it so that there's an entry point for for non-book readers or non-Peter Jacksonites then it's tough right you found yourself in a weird spot like you're appealing to this weird sliver of fantasy fans who don't know Lord of the Rings or to Lord of the Rings fans like Arvin who are patient and are willing to just be like okay I'm back it's fine I guess right for me I'm left with asking the question what's the heart of this show because it's certainly not the heart that we've come to know from Lord of the Rings and Tolkien. That idea that the little guy, the overlooked guy, the one that you'd never think would do much, who would never even leave his shire, is ultimately the one who's going to save us all. And that, that kind of follows through in The Hobbit. It, and, and that's the story of Lord of the Rings. Here, the heroes are the heroes. The Harfords are the ones that like wander around and do nothing. The bad guys are clearly the bad guys. Like... For me, there's no heart. The show doesn't have heart. And more than anything else, I think even the Hobbit movies worked because they were just loaded with this idea of warmth and connection and camaraderie and heart, which this show really lacks. Oh, for me, it was the... Um, um, I felt like they were talking a lot about, for me at least, uh, it was about how darkness isn't black and white. Um, like not everyone's good, not everyone's bad. Um, there's a gray area in between and, and people, everyone has a backstory. Um, that's what I got from it. But you're right, there's no, there's not a lot of warmth uh, on the mm. show. That signature warmth is not there from the movies. Um, the other thing that bothers me a bit, like Lynn, you said that fans hate it, right? Um, and I, I can understand why. Um, I'm not saying anyone should like this show and everyone's entitled to their opinions, right? But I'm I'm seeing a lot of comments of people saying that they change the mythology, they change the mm. canon, uh, they change the source material, for me, it's like like we've been in the era of peak IP franchising for about 20, 25 years now. <laughs> no one's following the source material. Like these things are loose adaptations at best. They will pick ideas and do what works for TV and then cater to like the mass audience. So 
I don't think it's fair to judge the show based on the source material or, or based on the books because it's never going to be that way. Like Lord of the Rings changed a bunch of stuff from the books. Like they were not true to the source material. So I don't know, um, story, plot, characters, all of that I can understand. But saying that it's bad because it's not staying true to the books, uh, it's, I mean, we should have been used to this by now, right? So that stuff doesn't bother me, nor does it bother me um or rather, I actively dislike uh, the concerns that people have around some of the actors of colour, which I think is ridiculous mm. and really, mm-hmm. really horrifying. And, and just that has no bearing on it. I think my struggle is with who the characters are, not so much the mythology, but are we changing fundamentally who these people are supposed to be? Or um, if you're going to change it, are they pleasant to spend time with? Like, do I want to spend you know, 10 hours with you. And to me, the show doesn't answer that successfully. I'd, um, I'd rather be in the land than be in the company. And that's a problem. Yes, that's the same issue for me. I actually really don't care if they stick to the appendices that uh, uh, that Tolkien wrote, right? Because they were barely they were bare bones anyway, and it was always going to be something they develop in a very new direction. I would be happy to get new stories set in Middle Earth, but stories told well that I care about and I want, and people that I can connect to. Uh, seven seasons. Don't worry about it. I know. Maybe maybe seven by, you know, going by the vibe of this this season, by like the seventh season, I'll get there. I like the show. Will you watch season two or not? Like you guys I know will. my answer. I still will. I, I think I will. But like Lynn said, um, maybe if we're not reviewing it, I may not watch it like every week and give it some time. Yeah, it depends on how, how whether you guys force the issue. Like, like I'll watch it, but you know, on my own time. We'll see. Um, we're talking today about The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, Season 1. Have you watched it? Did you like it? WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You've been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.